I moved to this small town in Iowa. I grew up in Fayetteville, Arkansas. I had all aspirations on going to the U of A. It's so prestigious and like, this is great. And we moved back to small town Iowa and I told people that and they fucking laughed at me. And what did I do? I didn't go to college. I joined the military. Like, okay, I guess this isn't what we do. They're like, why would you go to college? Fucking go to a factory. Start making more money. I respect that you guys want to do that. Like, that, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's not for me. And that just really, like, that gets to me because when you're that young, you let that deter you from doing what you want. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. In today's episode, we bring on Matt Johnson. He is a military veteran turned ultra runner, all around athlete, and coach for the brand Take Uncommon Action. He recently completed one of the hardest 100 mile races on earth, the Leadville 100, and is here to share a piece of his story in hopes to inspire others to take massive actions within their own lives. I love this combo with Matt because we go from super serious to joking around all within the same sentences, and I know you'll enjoy the dialogue as much as I did. Please welcome to the show, Matt Johnson. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with another episode of the Thrive on Life podcast, and today I am excited for the conversation with Matt Johnson. He just wrapped up finishing Leadville 100. He's a friend of mine here in Austin, Texas, who's turning into a great friend of mine because we kind of have a lot of different, different but similar ideologies on certain things. And one of them is something he said interesting. That's interesting. Right before we jumped on here where you were mentioning you thrive with having toxicity in your life. So I want to start with that question. But before we get into it, how the fuck are you doing today, Matt Johnson? Dude, I am living life. I'm feeling good. I'm glad to be back in Austin, hitting the sauna, hitting the ice bath, taking care of myself post 100. Um, I was moving well, like two days later, playing basketball at Squatch and went for a run last night, ran this morning. We're going to run again after this. Um, I'm living, man. I'm, I'm truly grateful for, for everything. Hell yeah. Just a little backstory here, seeing you at Squatch almost every day that I showed up there. Uh, don't go there as much as I used to, but you literally were showing up, putting in the work, sometimes wearing a sweatshirt in 100 degrees, and I was very much looking forward to seeing you conquer Leadville and then also come back and spread that good vibe because I know that's exactly what happens when people work so hard for something for so long then it happens they tend to rub off on other people so the one goal of mine today is having that happen for you and anybody else listening to this but would love to jump into that first little question that we were kind of riffing on before this but I wanted to save it it's you mentioned that having toxicity in your life has helped you thrive and Let's just rip it right from there. Like, yeah, I mean, really, it is, it's that saying right there. Like, I thrive mentally, physically, in every single aspect with a life of toxicity and chaos. If you were to throw me in a quiet room with nothing going on, like, like I rolled up to your house today and I told you, like, dude, it's, like, way too quiet here for me. Like, we're in a suburb of Austin and it's just, like, I need noise. I need, I need chaos. I need toxicity. I need... I need those things. And I mean, obviously like, you know, if I do need that, I'm a little, little mentally off, but you saw me in a hoodie and it was 120 degrees, but yeah. What, like, so when you think of toxicity, what does that look like? Because we can go a million different directions. Yeah. I think, I think think toxicity is very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very relative, um, subjective. Um, you know, you kind of put your own definition on toxicity. Uh, Doing things differently than others, um, putting myself in chaos to see what I do. Um, I, I think that I would like to say that I put myself in, I make situations harder because it makes me perform better. So just like what you, like, like what you said with a hoodie on, right? Like I would put a hoodie on and train. I would do my second run in Austin when it was 110 degrees in a hoodie 
and then come and pull the sled for a half hour in a hoodie. It's 110 degrees. And people are like, why are you doing that? Because it makes it harder. Is it helping me? No, it's, it, I mean, I mean, really, like, come on, it's not. Like, it's probably very dangerous. It is dangerous. But putting myself in that mental state, like, that's toxic behavior. But putting myself in that mental state locks me the fuck in and allows me to be more successful in my own life. Is that going to work for others? No, it's not. But for me, that's what I do. That's how I thrive. Allow me to do it. Don't care what you think. I'm going to do it. Tell me that it's not healthy. That's fine. I will not tell people to do it. I won't tell my athletes to do it. I won't. But for me, that's my thing. Was Leadville the hardest thing you've ever done? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, easily. A hundred percent. I think Leadville was the hardest thing I've ever done because of the amount of pain that I was in because of my blisters. And I remember like being there in that point of I had each foot. This is on each foot. I had blisters on the bottom two blisters on the heels, and blisters on both big toes. And every single step was the most excruciating pain that I had ever been in for 25 miles, nine hours. And I remember, like, walking and just thinking to myself, like, remember this. Remember this feeling. There was never a time where I was like, fuck this, like, I'm never doing this again. Like, there was, there was never a time I said that. But what I did is I'm like, I'm like take it in. And like, 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 because there's people that are going to be out there their entire lives and that are never going to go through what I just went through. I'm not even talking about hundred miles. I'm talking about the amount of physical pain that I was in for almost nine hours, almost 10 hours, 10 hours. What's interesting is the human body is built to dump adrenaline and dopamine to help with pain. But when the pain is like, it's, it's just like a paper cut. Yeah. Like the, it's, it's not like acute enough for your body to like really dump enough adrenaline and dopamine to make it so that like, Oh man, like you're almost like flying high. You're like, you yeah. have this high because of the pain. Yeah. Instead, it's just like this annoying little thing that's chipping away at your life. And it, what it ma really makes me think about is the point of the sweatshirt. The sweatshirt is the blisters. Like yes. it's this one little annoying thing that I have on that's causing me to sweat a little bit more in a hundred degrees. And what was I truly doing in that sweatshirt? I was training my mind. Like I was, I was, I was telling my mind that no matter what you try to tell me, I make the choices. Like you, as, as odd as that sounds. And so then when you get into a situation, if you, if you train in uncomfortable scenarios, then you're going to get into uncomfortable situations, whether, whether this is you training for life, whether this is you training for business, whether this is you for training, it doesn't matter what you're training for. If you train for that and you overtrain, then when you get into that point where shit fucking sucks, you have blisters, your business is failing, your love life isn't great, you're going to be able to move on. You're going to be able to find a scenario. You're going to be able to push through. You're going to be able to do whatever you, you know, you're going to be able to do more. If you don't train or prepare for those things and teach yourself that like you can make it through, then you will fail. And I've seen both sides. Yeah, let's go down that, that side of the world. In, in, in the everyday world, again, most people aren't doing that. They don't have what I would consider the sweatshirt. They're not adding the sweatshirt to their routine what hinders people from tapping into that mentality i don't know the more that i've been down here in austin and the more that i've seen these things um i think that like i think that we all have a problem like and and i mean like everyone in austin has a problem yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would i would agree i think that like <laughs> Like I've been through, I've been through the shit, you know, like, like, like I've been through a lot. I've been in a lot of, of bad situations. I've been in a lot of toxic situations. I didn't have the best upbringing. Um, I joined the military. Uh, you know, like there's just a lot of things that I've been through in my life that I can see now through communicating with people and doing other podcasts that have led to me doing this endurance sport as an outlet. And I truly believe that if, if someone is, is in the endurance sport and they're pushing their body to the limits, I think that something in their past affected them. I don't believe that you're going to have 
a perfect upbringing and have the most perfect picture perfect life and become an endurance athlete that chases pain i believe that 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 these endurance athletes that are elite are are running from something or trying to mimic a pain of the past i haven't spoke about that yet but that is truly what i have come to believe over the past 2 or 3 weeks um since you know, since doing this, I think that we're not normal. We're not the normal ones. The normal ones are the ones with a picture-perfect life and, and do all these things. But I, th I truly believe that everybody that chases this type of pain had had something that affected them in the past. What in Matt's world has been painful enough that you're willing to sign up to not only run Leadville one time, but this year was your second go around yeah. and you failed the first time and then you came back for more. What are some of the things that have been painful enough in your past that have made you willing to go through what you're going through now? You know, I don't know if it's really like, like painful to me, but you know, I growing up, like I watched, like we were so fucking poor and my mom, my mom had me when she was 17, 18 years old, 18. And I remember, like, my mom would watch me eat macaroni off the stove, and I would eat it out of the pan, and she wouldn't eat because there was not enough left for her, and all we could afford was one box. And she worked three or four jobs. She wasn't around a lot when I was younger. I was bouncing around from babysitter to grandparents to something like that because she was trying to just fucking make it work. And I don't know if that stemmed some long-term abandonment issues. I don't know if that was just me watching her struggle and now I, I, I know what it's like to struggle so I can go and, sh and struggle on my own, if that makes sense. Um, you know, my dad was never around. Um, there's just, you know, and then um, went through a lot with, uh, my mom got into a very, very bad marriage and struggled with uh, addiction and I watched her struggle with that and at times had to care for her. Um, She's wonderful now, by the way. Absolutely my hero. But there was a lot of... I, I struggled a lot with relationships with, with relationships with my mom and abandonment issues and, you know, having to be an adult. When way I was, earlier than when you I was needed fucking, to be. You know, my mom... Like, my brother and I are, are, are eight years apart. And there was times where, like, when he was a baby or five, six, seven years old that, like, I was having to care for him because my mom couldn't at the time for, for various reasons. And there's just, there's a lot there. And I think that like joining the military was me trying to get like that, you know, you join the military, like the camaraderie, the feeling, like I was trying to get that brotherhood and feel that, you know, what it was like to have these friends that are brothers. And, um, you know, I also think that like people that join the military, same exact thing. I don't think you have the picture perfect life. I think you're, you're running from something. I, I believe that. So I, I love this conversation because you were talking about the the rich kid running towards pain um, almost doesn't exist or potentially doesn't exist. And my, my upbringing is completely the opposite, but also can be similar based on my own mind. And that's where I grew up in a suburb. Both my parents were there, gave me everything that any kid would ever need. For me, though, I always felt like the black sheep. I always felt like I wanted more. I didn't like where we were. I wanted more. Like there was something that I wanted. I never felt satiated and with where I was. Why is that? Because there, there had to be something that affected you. There had to be something that affected you to cause you to want my own pain. I think because... Were you bullied? A little bit, but I was so. Here's I a was bullied. Here's a funny story. I was, I was bullied in high school. They were fucking assholes to me. How how small were you? Because you're like relatively <laughs> yeah, diminutive, dude. like I am. Uh, like ninth grade, I I don't think I had even hit five foot yet. <laughs> I I told the story at the time. I wasn't even a hundred pounds going in high school. Yeah, but everyone I was a fat kid. Everyone called me. <laughs> you dog? I swear, I swear. I don't. Yeah, I don't think anyone knows that. I think I I just so short and just fat came out. Yeah, so like like. <laughs> I remember I was over 100 pounds in third grade. <laughs> Holy crap. I just finished the Leadville 100 at 127. I was, I, was, I, was, I was a chubby kid. 
I was up until like uh, 10th grade. 10th grade, I started like like thinning out. Started but, growing a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got, grew like seven got, inches in a year. I got that extra. Uh, if y'all don't know, I'm five three. No, I'm I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not five three. Uh, I I'm like five seven. What are you? Five seven. Five seven. Yeah, I put on my driver's license. I was five eight. <laughs> I had to flex on. Him You're a smart. Bit. I should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my dad did. He's shorter than me, but he put five eight on his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like. <laughs> I, I had to get a new license down here in Texas. And I'm like, this is my chance to be who I want to be. <laughs> give myself an extra inch. Oh, man. My, the, the doctors came to my house uh, for the pediatrician came for our son. And she's like, he, he might have a tall gene. Like, she, like, cause he's he extra inches compared to, I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, did, like, cause I wasn't here. My yeah. wife is five yeah. freaking two and I'm five seven. So we were just like, you. she's like, she's like, he's going to be six foot. <laughs> he's going to be six foot. Tall. Man. That, I, Hey, fingers please, crossed little man. Like, I, I hope like you get that gene and you become an Olympian. That's what we're, that's what we're, uh, I mean, the Olympian manifesting that, that yeah, like sure. you got that, but yeah, back to, yeah, sorry. So there you go. That was great. The question was kind of like, we're. How you can be too different, but also the same and how Austin kind of attracts that because I was sick. Like I had celiac disease. I would like literally like I'd play a sport and then I'd like be running to the bathroom and going to the bathroom six, seven, eight times a day. And I would hide this shit from like most people. And, um, my, my mom is, was, is an angel been taking me to appointments my entire life stood up for me in a lot of different ways. But I think what it causes, it, what it, when I think back, what I think it caused was m- to me to ask questions that like kids don't necessarily ask. We're just like, what's the point of life? I see death happening to different people. I see adults that are sick. And you were and sick I, early. Yeah, like five years old, like all the way through. And then it, when I got into high school, I think my drinking issue became started to happen because like I was numbing pain with drinking. Now I kind of numb pain with athletics, yeah, but I was always an athlete, now, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. And yeah. flow state. And, but the black sheep thing comes from, it's like my parents come from uh, like nothing in Philadelphia and then, uh, made something of themselves, had me and my brother. But for me, it was always just like, there's gotta be more to life. The problem was around me, nobody would like, there's no people like you that I could see that were also about that. It was literally like, if you're going to rise up, I'm going to pull you back right back down. Like that's yeah. kind of the town that I was yeah, I mean, that, raised that, in. That was me hundred percent. That's the same thing. Like, like I moved to this small town in Iowa and I had all aspirations. I grew up in Fayetteville, Arkansas. I had all aspirations on going to the U of A. I was going to like, I, you know, I wanted to go to the U of A. It's so prestigious. And like, this is great. And we moved back to small town, Iowa. And I told people that and they fucking laughed at me. And what did I do? I didn't go to college. Like my, I joined the military. Like, okay, I guess this isn't what we do. They're like, why would you go to college? Fucking go to a factory. Start start making more money. Like, I mean, I respect that you guys want to do that. Like, that, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's not for me. And that just really, like, that gets to me because when you're that young, you let that, you let that deter you from doing what you want. Yeah, so, to, to, so again, another, like, flip scenario, but all, almost similar. Like, I went into college and... I love sports and I just had these aspirations. I never, so I drank, but I never smoked weed before going to college. Literally like the first month I was in college, get there, see the captains of our team, literally ripping bongs. Okay, now I'm ripping bongs. And then like you see, I just like leads to, then it's five years of that, of okay. just like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I, I, I'm smart enough to get by and get my degree, my engineering degree and keep my scholarship, but I'm not, I'm not chasing anything anymore. And what ended up happening was I, I'm not going to go for the full story, but I ended up chasing Aaron and, and wanting her. You and and I went through that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, But then (laughs) we ended up here in Austin and I get surrounded by a bunch of you. And the whole point of like me even going into this is kind of how there's like, there's so many different people here, but we all kind of have that same, what you were saying, like problem. Yeah, and 100%. I think the problem because when you said that, I started thinking in my own mind, like, what is what is that problem? And I think it's, I think a second thing in Austin, most people aren't competing with. Like, we're we're doing the same thing in a lot of ways, and there's seven other people around us doing it, but none of us are competing. We're actually like helping each other. Yeah. So instead of 
get, I'm going to buy myself time here with that problem question. Why do you believe that it's attracting a place where we're all probably competition to each other, but none of us see ourselves like that? We're actually helping each other. Why do you think this place attracts that? Because we, we're all doing, like, when you and I go out to Ladybird Lake and we run together, or we go to the gym and we lift together, I know, I know what you're doing. Like, you know, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. We're, we're, doing, we're doing that, what we just spoke about. Like, your, your Squatch isn't the nicest gym. It's not the best gym. We could pay hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to Collective or go to, you know, the Lifetime or, you know, On It or, like, all these other places. No, we chose to, we, we choose to go to Squatch because that's our, that's our place. And what I'm saying is, like, there, we don't, you obviously know that we all, none of us there come from money. We're there for a reason. Like, we're there to work out. We're there to chase our demons. And I think that, like, you know, if you're messaging me and you're like, hey, I want to go run 20 miles with you on Saturday, I'm like, okay, like, this guy's fucked up too. Let's go do it. <laughs> you know, that's it. That's why we're not yeah. competing because I know that, like, like I have, a, I, have, I have a text. I have a group chat in my phone. It's called Group Loop. Group Loop. And we, every Saturday, everyone in there is sending out messages and they're like, hey, like, uh, who, who's looping this weekend? That's just, that means who's running, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 miles around Lady Bird Lake. Oh, I am, I am, I am. And it allows eight different people to connect on this, you know, thing. And it's like, yeah, we're not competing with each other. We just know that we're all in a little bit of pain. One, I need to be added to this group chat because yeah, you do do now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not that not that you read your messages, which is what we came across. Hey, the option is there. <laughs> okay, add CJ to the group chat. I yeah, about that. you I, you were talking about having an assistant. There you uh -huh, go. Uh -huh. That's number one priority after this podcast is add me to the group loop I'm text sure, chat. I'm sure I could. I could find somebody to be my assistant. No, but this make is my life so easy. This is going down a. I've actually never talked about like this view of why. I mean, I've asked why natural, Austin like, before. This was not planned. Like we literally everything that we talked about before we got on here is not is out the fucking window. Yeah, <laughs> which was like Leadville. Um, no, but it, it brings important. up a great point because I, I've thought over the years one. I bopped around before I got to Austin and I thought about what actually attracted me here and then even more importantly, what kept me here because I, I bopped around besides when I grew up in my parents' house like for a long time and if I wasn't bopping around physically, I was bopping around in my own mind. And when I stumbled upon this place, I gained way more clarity of mind and it actually kept me here. And to your point, I think I never, th I've literally never thought about that of, I like hanging around people that you could say are fucked up, but it's more important to me that they acknowledge their past and are working towards a better future. I think that's what I'm addicted to and I've always been addicted to is yeah. that's where I liked sports. When I played sports, I could feel when, when I practiced hard and I got in the game and I was better at it, I love that feeling and I love the camaraderie to your point of like joining the military. And I missed that when I graduated college. I missed the camaraderie and I missed chasing improvement week over week. And when I got here, and both of those things require pain. Like if you're in a family or if you're in a, on a team, like fights happen. People are gonna like rough up against each other yeah. and just like have different opinions. We beat opinions. the shit out of each other at yeah. basic training. Like, but there's this like respect and this love yeah. that... I feel the corporate world and a lot of people have lost. And yes. when you go to Squatch, you see it in these people. Exactly. Because here's the thing. I can beat the shit out of you. You can beat the shit out of me. But someone else comes along, mm -mm, ain't going to happen. That, that is like the camaraderie. That is like the brotherhood. And, you know, like if I do something wrong, I would expect you to, to kick my ass. But right afterwards, like, you're, you're, you're going to have my back regardless. Like, that right there is brotherhood. Like, it doesn't have to come down to fighting, but you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, like, the theoretical. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you tell me that I'm wrong. If I do something wrong, you tell me I'm wrong. You put me in my place. But as soon as someone else comes in to do that, you're like, nah, that's my guy. Don't do that. That's a big thing for me. 
You can do you can do and say whatever you want to me. You say something to my friends, and and I'm I'm coming after you. <laughs> Which <laughs> this brings me into the point of like I almost got into a fight at the finish line of the Ludville 100. Over over that, like as in like not really like not really at the at the finish line. Was was it you though, or was it your soul? It <laughs> like, was, I don't know, like, man. But how I, much I mean, of Matt I mean, was I left? Who, who knows? But like. Uh, we were making our way. I'm just going to tell this story real quick. We were making our way to, to the truck and, um, I'm dead. Like I'm, I'm just not alive and making my way to the truck, limping my way there. And Casey Klein, who's one of my very good friends. And she was one of my pacers, um, pulled up the truck into the crosswalk to pick me up. And there was a guy walking and just said the most derogatory things towards her cussing at her, fuck, like, just wild, wild, like, are you, like, just, like, just said wild shit to her, and called her a lot of names, and, like, you're parked in the crosswalk, you idiot, and, and I, like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't move my body fast enough to get to this man (laughs) to tell him that I was gonna murder him, like, you know, I mean, that's just, that, 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 that's, that, that's who I am, I love, I love the friendship, I love the brotherhood, I love the camaraderie, um, I'm screaming at this guy like like I'm like I'm already blacked out and like now I'm so pissed that I'm like blacking out at this point. I'm like, dude, that's a woman, and like I'm yelling at this guy. I'm like, come back. Yeah, come she's back. not hurting anybody. No, and she's driving a truck. You know what? One of the things that she told me when when we got to Leadville, like she's driving my truck, which is probably I think it's a little bit bigger than your truck. And we get to Leadville, she's like, this is so much bigger than my car. Like you ain't gonna know how to buy. She doesn't. She, even, she, she doesn't even know. She don't even know that she's in the crosswalk, man. <laughs> and like I'm, I'm screaming at this guy. I'm like, come back. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna whoop you up. And yeah, I mean, so so friendship and camaraderie is 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 very, 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 very important to me. And you can do and say whatever you want to me. It's not gonna bother me. But you say something or do something like that to one of my friends, and 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 I'm coming at your neck instantly, instantly. Yeah, it's something. <laughs> That exists here, and and that's why people say, "What brought you to Austin?" Oh, the people, the community. You know, like people that come here want want to be part of something. That's why we have ten thousand groups that you know do everything from building computers to running thousands of miles. Like, you want to learn? How and to if build? that's that is the also the great point is this: like we're in this little like you would think that we're in this like big uh, niche that everyone knows us and every like you come here and there's like. There's so much more yeah, that, like, yeah. I don't even I mean, know what goes on. Like, like, and even the coolest thing is, is, like, when Matt Choi messaged me the other day, he's like, hey, meet me at Sunflower. Like, let's talk. And I'm like, oh, the fuck is Sunflower, bro? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is this place? And I show up, and it's literally the best acai bowl I've ever had in my entire life. And I sat there and talked to Matt. What I'm getting at is, like, this community is so big. It's so big that I've been here for seven months, and I had no idea this place existed. And now, literally, it's all I can think about in my mind. I'm like, I... Like, honestly, probably after I leave here, I'm going to go get an acai bowl before I go to the men's workout. And you need to go there. If you haven't been there, you need to go there. It's going to change your life. There's shit in there I can't even pronounce. Guess I'm taking my wife to Sunflower. I think I need to figure out what it's called. It's on South Congress. Um, I know exactly what you're talking dude, about. There's stuff yeah, in there yeah. that I can't, like, I can't pronounce, yeah, it's, which um, isn't even crazy. Crap, it's behind Collective. Um, yeah, it's uh, uh, like right good. life organic or uh, sun, life. sun life, sun life, sun life. <laughs> dude. The billion dollar bowl, it's like oh, $38. $40. Yeah, $40. Is it good? It's fucking amazing. Oh my gosh. So I had, the- but dude, is it better than a good steak? I don't know. Okay, I don't okay. know. But this is how I live life. Try things once, spend $40 on that, that billion dollar acai really? bowl. Cause dude, I there's so literally, scared. it's like that big. It's like literally everything in it. Okay. I got the one right above it, but I, I, I did eyeball that. I did eyeball it. But the reason that I didn't get that is because I, had, I already spent like $48 there because <laughs> I got the bowl. I got, I'm a big mango guy. Dude, you give me one food to live by for the rest of my life, it's going to be mangoes. Would, I, 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 I would, it's okay. Like, hey, three things you can take to an island. I'm like, give me I don't think mangoes. I've ever eaten a, a mango. What? Yeah. Never eaten a mango. Oh, dude, dude. Ross the other day told me I should be eating dried mango. Dried mango. <laughs> dried mangoes no, for like running and stuff. Wet mangoes. <laughs> like normal, <laughs> just eat normal mangoes, man. You ever had a? You ever had coconut meat? Uh that that was in my. I bowl. think one time that was in my bowl, and like the 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 girl like. Bless I've her definitely heart, had it like, like once in something. I'm I don't like, remember hey, though. Uh, 
I might be kind of stupid, but what's coconut meat? Because I, like, I just had no idea. And she's like, oh, it's like the chopped up coconut. I think it's wet chopped up. Co- you know how you have like the coconut flakes, but they like, keep the they keep the moisture it's like to it. Gummy, like it's like yeah. uh, like chewy. Yeah, it's, it's the inside of the coconut. Usually they'll dry it out, and there's then you'll no, have like flakes no taste of it. To it. Like 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 it was in my bowl. I couldn't taste coconut. Then there was like some marshmallow shit on top that was like super thick, and I don't know what it was, but. Oh my gosh. All right. I guess we're going to Sun Life at some point, but we could just run there. let's kick it into what made you sign up for the Leadville 100 the first time around. So run us through like, cause I don't, I, I personally don't know this at all. Like, and I guess just for education of my audience, I don't know how many people even know what Leadville 100 is. So yeah. I would start with just 30 seconds on what is Leadville 100. So the Leadville 100 is one of arguably the top three hardest trail races in the United States, and by top three, 100-mile trail races. Um, It's a race that goes 50 miles out, 50 miles back. Um, The tallest point of the race, you start at 10,000 feet. The tallest point of the race is, the lowest point of the race is 9,000. The tallest point is 12.6. And it is truly a very demoralizing race for many because you have altitude issues and you start with altitude issues and then you have hopes pass which is a 3,000 feet up 3,000 feet down you turn around you go 3,000 feet up you go 3,000 feet down and that's in about a 20 mile span um, so you spend about nine hours climbing a mountain, descending a mountain, climbing a mountain, and descending a mountain. And then you get to mile 60 and you have 40 miles to go. It's just, it's, it's, a, brilliant, it's a brilliant race. It's set up perfectly it, to be very, very hard. Um, 2022, uh, I did a charity run for a local 501C based out of Ankeny, Iowa, which was north of Des Moines. Um, popped off on Instagram, someone saw it, reached out, uh, Leadville charity and was like, Hey, like, would you run for us? And I'm like, when, when is it? They're like, Oh, it's in 29 days. I'm like 29 days from like right, right now. (laughs) And they're like, yeah. And I hung up I had just hung up and I sat in my truck and I'm like, Oh fuck. Like, like, because I, I knew right away. I was like, great. Here yeah, we you're, go. yeah like, you're going to do like, it. <laughs> like, 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 like here we, and I was, and I was kind of upset. I'm like, I'm like, why would you do that? Like, why would you find my, find me? And I called her back. I was like, yeah, I'm in. And, um, truly like, like, you know, at that point I, I was just chasing hard shit. I'm like, give me, give me hard shit. Let's do it. And yeah. Was, that's exciting, man. Like, I mean, yeah, dude, yeah. Like, here's the thing. People wait, people wait. For those of you that don't know, Leadville has a lottery. People wait their entire lives to race the Leadville 100 and die before they do it. I, I, how can I say no? I had no time to train. I'd never ran over 40 miles. We get to the race. I couldn't stand up after mile 56. Um, I walked the next 50K, which is 31 miles, and I got cut off by time. There's like a pack, man. There's a time cap just coming at you the entire time, catching up. Catch, 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 catch. And it's 30, 30 hours is the thirty hours is the time, time cut off. Yeah, cut off. but I had to make it to May Queen by twenty seven, and I made it uh, like twenty seven fifteen, twenty seven ten, twenty seven five. My Strava says it was by one minute that I got cut off by one minute, but I don't, I don't think that was right. Um, so I had to go back. I mean, that was my that was my first time ever in my athletic. So because short, you raced that one year, do you automatically get to go back? Or like, how does that lottery, work? How did you get... Lottery again? How did I get in? Literally, uh, another charity entry. Adam Adam Clink uh, with BPN. Um, he was successful in raising money for the charity because he did it last year too. And he comes up to me and he's like, hey, like, you know, do you want, do you want to go back? And I'm like, like, he's giving me goosebumps. I'm like... Yeah, like, like I got, yeah. I mean, how, how can you say no, right? Like what I just said. And so we raised money for the Leadville, the Leadville Charity Foundation, um, which goes to a charity. That's freaking awesome. I'm a big, I love raising money for charity. Uh, and I, and we called it, we called it the Redemption Tour back to Leadville. And that was, I knew 
I knew in January that we were going to go back. Um, I still decided to run the marathon and the Ironman back-to-back. -back. I won the BPN marathon, and then six days later, ran Ironman Texas, and I fractured my left fibula at mile 24 due to, like, due to severe stress. It was a clean stress fracture, like literally almost all the way through. Um, very scared going into Leadville because that, at that point we were May, June, July. We were four months out. Uh, so I took off two months of running. Um, I didn't run. I didn't start running again until late June. So all I had really was July leading into August. How do you think that setback actually was helpful to you? Not, I mean, the, the, that pause there was because there was, there was so many, there was so many things that it, it, it helped me, man, there's a lot of education that could come out of my mouth and I'm just trying to figure out the, the correct way or the, you know, the correct thing to say here. <clears throat> people get so wrapped up in, you know, if I don't run today, I'm a failure. Oh, my God, I had a donut. I'm off track. Um, oh, I missed the gym. My life's over. Or, oh, I'm going to go into the gym and I'm going to see instant results. I struggled. I struggled with some things like that. Not a lot, but I did struggle with that, with not running, with overtraining, with doing too much. And... I had that happen. I took 60 days off, 61 days. I lifted weights every day. I gained almost 20 pounds. Wasn't cut, wasn't, like, didn't look fit. And I'm like, I'm like just every day I'd wake up, just trust it, trust the process. Like, like it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. And leading up to, with strength training, that allowed me to go, when I started back running, week one, 16. Week two, 36. Week three, 86. Week four, 105. So within four weeks, and by the way, mile 86 or 86 miles in a week was the most I had ever done in a week in my entire life. I hit that three weeks after taking 60 days off. So what that taught me was is, is that sometimes your body needs a break. And when your body needs a break, it will break if you don't give it one. And that, I mean, I, mean, I, ran, I ran 35 miles two weeks before I won the marathon. People take six months to recover from marathons. So I ran 35 miles two weeks before the marathon. Then I ran the marathon. Then six days later, I did an Ironman. Like, people don't even do that much in two years. Like, my, my body needed a break, so it broke. And it said, surprise, we make the rules. Then it becomes a mental challenge, just yeah. like you were saying. And I think the mental challenge is what breaks more people than the actual exactly. body. Exactly, and that's what I was just going to say. But luckily which we've already dove into here, like, like I was, I was I'm mentally tough enough. A lot, of people, a lot of people aren't. A lot of people aren't. That's why you see these people that, like Usain Bolt, right? Usain Bolt, what did he, his quote, he said, I spent five years training to run eight seconds. You know, and you give up because you, you give up because you had one bad day? Fuck off. You want to, it's funny you mentioned Usain Bolt. Some of that I think about a lot is Michael Phelps. When That's you talk about you greatest athletes of all time, I watched, like I, everyone talks Michael Jordan. I watched or, a video. Like, I watched a video of him last night, and 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 here's and here's another testament of him. Um, wow, that's wild! You brought that up because I remember watching this video. I'm like, why am I watching a Michael Phelps video? <laughs> Look at this full circle. You, yeah, five years. For five years, he trained for three. He was in the he was in the pool for 365 days for five years. Yep. For five years to become who he was, he was in the then, water every day for five years. And this is how the mind works of a competitor. As soon as he started winning the golds, then now you have the pressure. You have to do it again. Yeah. So he kept doing it again yep. and again yep. and again. And you're talking multiple decades of time of his life yeah. dedicated to that. And when I sit here and I think about my own life and like the things, the little things I got to complain about are the training and the, the, the yada, yada, yada. It's just like, 
there's you can either be someone like him or you can be everybody else. Choice is yours. Yeah. And absolutely. something you said to me before we jumped on this podcast that I wanted to bring up falls in line with this is you ran Leadville and then you finish and you don't even like care because you're focused on the next thing. And I think there's only a certain subset of people that understand this because I want to be clear. It's frustrating. I want to be clear that one, you do a great job. You're not, you're not bringing negative energy if I completed level. You're just, I think a lot of people don't understand like, it's like you have an insatiable need to continue to do something else, but that doesn't mean you have to be negative about it. So I want to make it clear to anybody that doesn't know Matt, like I feel his vibe. You walked in my house where you've been hanging out. Like your vibe isn't that Yeah. it's more so what can I do next and how do I approach that? Yeah. Which again, a certain subset of people will understand. I understand that. The question I have for you, though, is how do you make sure, you mentioned toxicity earlier in the podcast, how do you make sure that that doesn't become too toxic to the point of you're now not living life for what you want and the things that you want to achieve, but it's ruling you? Because I feel like, like, I feel, I struggle with that, but I also feel like, like, like running and doing what I'm doing now is going to lead me to the life that I want to live. And that's going, you know, that's, that's wise because I have found, you know, I've bounced around. I've done the marathons. I've done the Ironmans. I've done, I've done the Spartans. I've done the hard shit. But I think at Leadville, like, like, like what I found there and what I found leading up in this training block when I was running 120 miles a week was that running is going to lead me to my promised land. And whether that's, you know, a, a sports deal, you know, right now, like being signed, I mean, I'm a signed athlete with companies, but like I've found the happy balance of, of, of running is going to lead me where I want to go and I'm going to let it do that. It's not going to happen after 100 miler. And I think that that is what like deep in my mind, I know that I am capable of being one of the best. There's a conflict of information going out in today's world where like you have somebody like Alex Hermosi who I agree with a lot of the stuff he puts out and something that I've thought I agreed with but am starting to not agree with is he talks about the person who loves what they do every day and is going to be consistent is going to win in the long run. The thing that I think I disagree with is... I fucking don't love <laughs> every minute of the journey. I don't love the miles. No. I don't, no. but I keep doing them. So that's where I started having a conflict of that advice that he said, because I'm putting in more miles than I ever have. I'm training harder than I ever have. And I still don't love it, but I still show up and I do it every day. For you, if we were to go percentage wise, how many days are you showing up? Like I'm in love with, the training I'm about to do versus I just need to get this done. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's how many days. I don't think the question is how many days am I showing up? The question is how many of those times am I showing up? Because there's days where I can have an adequate, which you know, I mean, if you're an elite athlete, you're working out multiple times a day. I could show up in the morning and I could have a horrible, horrible, horrible 20-mile run. Go home, refuel, work, take a nap, relax, decompress, come back, go to, go to squatch, and have a phenomenal workout, a great workout. And then I'm going to do my double back run. So I'm going to double, you know, because I, I was doing doubles. I was averaging like 26, 27 miles a, a day. And I would do my double and I'd be like, dude, like, I've like... You know, you had a great workout. The endorphins are flowing. Like, like this is phenomenal. So I would say that probably about 40% of my runs sucked. Where I'm like, this is the worst run I've ever been on. Ever. <laughs> and 
It, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, but like, I I'm, know that like, feeling. I am telling myself that I am being very dramatic at that moment. Yep. But of course, like, you're alone. But yeah, yeah, you know, but like, I'm telling myself that. But here's the thing there's a lot of factors that play into it, too. You can do a lot of different things. Um, you know, there's nights where, you know, we'll go out and we'll eat, you know, crappy food. Um, you know, my friends and I will meet for a couple drinks. And no matter what, the work, the work will be done the next day, no matter what. But there's so many factors that play into those shitty days that the difference between those that win and those that lose is I'm not going to let those shitty days affect me and I'm still going to get the fucking job done. That's why I will win. A lot to unpack. <laughs> I love your reframe of the days to, to moments. I think I purposely poked that and then you 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 caught what I was what I was getting after because I think people out there paint an unrealistic unrealistic picture that I need to be perfect in training or I need to be perfect and that's what Well have you heard that them. saying no bad days? No fuck that. Like like have bad days. I see people with these like little wristbands on and no bad days. No, 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 no. You are setting such an unrealistic expectation. There's like, no good days if there's no bad days. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like, like, like you are going to have a bad day and you are going, if you want to win, if you want to be successful, this goes for everything, not just running, business, everything. If you have a bad day, what do you do? You do something to correct it. Because this morning, I woke up super late, almost missed my, I, I was lead, I, I'm, I lead the Squatch Run Club. Woke up at 7.19, almost missed Squatch Run Club. I'm pissed. I'm driving there, and I'm like, you stupid, like, like, like how do you do that? Give me some slack, because I just ran 100 miles, right? Like, I never sleep through my alarm. And my alarm, by the way, <laughs> 6.45, like, not even, like, a crazy time. And, like, my, 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 so, my, so my day started off bad, right? Like, I... I had to brush my teeth super quick. I had to grab my coffee. I had to drink my coffee on the way there. I didn't have time to check in on my athletes. But did it start off bad? That's even another thing. Exactly. You had right. food. You had coffee. You, you yeah, had a place right, to sleep. Right, right. Bad, yeah, 100%. And that's the thing is like then I get there and I'm on time. Everything Like, like the world's not going to burn. You know, like, like, like it's okay. Relax. It's, it's, it, it's okay. I got there. I ran. I saunaed. I ice bathed. I left. I went home. Saw my dogs. This is fine. Changed my clothes. Headed here. Relaxed in the truck. Like, like that was my... I think I got my relaxation driving here that I missed this morning. But what would have happened if I would have immediately said, well, fuck, today's... This is it. It's done. I woke up late. I hate it. I hate, I hate today. I'm going to be pissy all day. No. No. No bad days. You're going to have those bad moments. You're going to have bad moments, but you don't need to make that into a bad day. Yeah. So essentially what no bad days means isn't the fact that like that the whole day, like I think we, I think for I, instance, I, I totally just contradicted. No, 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 Right. Yeah. But what you're trying to say is even in that bad day, there are moments of that day that you can reflect and you can change and you yeah. can have positivity absolutely, and, po and progression even in the bad day. Yeah. And that I think when you think about your entirety of your life or I think about the entirety of my life, what actually matters is how you show up on the days like that compared to the great days because one, most of the time, life, the, I forget how they said this, but most of your life is vanilla, period. Like mostly everybody's life. It doesn't matter if you're a celebrity or you're, or you're me or you're Matt. Like 80% of the time, it's doing the little things that we need to do throughout a day mm -hmm. to continue to live and help our family and help our friends and move our needle forward. It's not the lavishness that Instagram would show you. And I consider the same thing with like bad days and good days. You're going to get more out of life if on bad days you learn how to understand what can I get from today even though it's a bad day. Because the great days, it's going to be easy to push the fucking gas. And 
to the point of ultra running, it's there's going to be races, and I'd love your take on this. There's going to be races where you feel like you can push the throttle and you feel great, and then there's going to be other races where you're just like, I don't just ha- I don't have it today. I had I had knee pain at Leadville at mile six, but you kept going. And yeah, but I was like, oh fuck, you know, like 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 Leadville wasn't Leadville wasn't what I wanted it to be, you know. But that but that testament right there at mile six, I was eighty minutes in. I had twenty seven more hours to go. <laughs> that you just sounds got, crazy. You got to keep pushing forward. You have to. That's just like a, you know, Leadville is the metaphor there. That's life, life in general. Sometimes shit's going to suck right off the bat. Just keep moving. Do you have any epiphanies coming out of this race? No. I really, no. I mean, like, aha moments? Mm -hmm. No. I was just so, I was so dialed in. Like, I was, like, this was my redemption tour. Like, I... So much blood, so much sweat, so many tears. And I mean that in, like, I know that that's, a, that's an overused saying, but so much, I put so much into that race that, like, the biggest thing for me is, you know, I enjoyed it, but, like, I, I didn't enjoy it as much as I wanted it to. I just, I had to get it done. I had, I, had to, I had to get to the finish line and get it done, get it off my radar. It was a black blob on my calendar. Like this is this is the one that we need to do, and it's going to be really fun to look back on this race in two to three years because it was truly like this race was the beginning. This is the start. Now, like you know, yeah, I won the marathon, you know, done the Ironmans. Like like no, fuck fuck that. This race right now starts everything. It's end of August, twenty twenty three. I think a great way to start getting close to wrapping up here as you mentioned this is just the beginning put us paint a picture what is what does the next couple of years look like for matt i'm gonna i mean i'm i'm gonna do a 200 a 200 miler in 2024 um i'm currently on the list for the tahoe 200 and the bigfoot 200 um, one of those is in june the other one's in august first one i get into i'm gonna take um they are brutally hard races they're going to they're going to acquire, require a lot. Um, one's time cut off is five and a half days. The other one's time cut off is four, four days, four hours. Days, moving for days. How does someone even go about a race like that? I have, no, like I have no clue. I have no clue. Ask me, <laughs> ask me in eight months. We'll, uh, we'll chat about it. Yeah, I don't know yet. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Um, I'm waitlisted for another 100 in, in Arizona in October. Um, I'm going to set the course record at the Lady Bird Lake Ultra in November. Wait, what's that? So there's a Lady Bird Lake Ultra that they've been running for like three or four years now. Who has? These kids. <laughs> Yo, it's these legit. kids underneath the 35 bridge <laughs> are legit. just running this it's legit. thing. It's legit. Look up, uh, look up on Instagram if any of you... Are around here and interested, Lady Bird Ultra, and it's there. And I, I will be there in November, and I will set the course record. That course record's mine. FKT fastest known time. That's why, like, like that. I have a real, like, a. I, I really want that. What's the date of this? I think it's November second. Um, and like, how many miles is it? What? what Fifty. Five. You just, five. Loops. You just do five loops. Five okay. straight loops. Self crew, like, dude, I can start during the day. I is it night? Like, morning. what is it? Morning, morning, morning in November. Are you allowed pacers? I don't know much about <laughs> it, but I was about to say I'll rip ten miles with you. I just know that, like, I messaged them when it when it like the the Instagram account got first created like this year because they they've been running it though. I talked I talked to the guy and I'm like, I don't I don't know I don't know. Would you be interested in a relay race? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, we're going I, off I mean, the cuff here. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm interested. I'm just in picking everything. your brain on like, what, what do you like? I'm Cause interested I, in everything. I want to do, I want to do the bike across America. The, uh, the, um, one of the things that reminded me of that you did that reminded me of myself is like when 
you had that 29 days. You want to do Leadville for a nonprofit. Uh, Roan reached out to me to do San Diego to LA last fall. Um, How it's far a relay is that race. Total? Like 130. Can you run the whole thing? I mean, somebody could, but it's not as fun. Like, cause you're like, like I was running seven minute miles. Um, like the first 10 I ripped at like seven minute pace and you get right back in the van and somebody jumps out of the van and it's like, it's fucking fun. Um, yeah. And you're just like stopping at coffee shops, taking shits in the woods. Like it's like, it's fucking all day and you have multiple teams. So we're like seeing other teams pass us, passing other teams. And because you have like your group, it's, it was probably one of the most fun. Well, he did one in, in, uh, New York. Yeah. Montauk. Montauk. Yeah. 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 And they were ripping. I did San Diego to LA and we weren't all ripping. It was just like, it was a personal challenge for me. That's literally what I was. We were just having fun with it. So I was going to say in my head is like, I would have to get like, like four or five studs because someone would hop in and run like an eight minute pace and they'd get in the van and I'd be like, you and I are going to have a fucking conversation. Well, I was, you're slowing us down. The, the thing is that the challenge for me is in my life is I always like new challenges. So I did one for fun, but I also started thinking like, I saw Matt do one. I see you doing this stuff. I'm like, what if we put together a team that would actually like put forth an effort? Yeah. And of course it would still be fun. Is Matt Choi fast? Fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think at that pace. Yeah. Like, think, because yeah. what you can do is, um, like we didn't do it when we were in San Diego. We didn't do it to win. So we weren't like trying to figure out like how many miles should each person go at each time. I think if you do shorter intervals, you give yourself a better chance. So if like, for instance, if you have eight people on your team and you're doing two minute clips at a fast pace, I think you give yourself a better chance than if you have each person. Like 30, 35, 45 minutes, like, like running like five miles. Yeah, I guess maybe a time, yeah, like, maybe like, a time cutoff of like how understanding. I would say time. I would say miles. Everyone's gonna run five miles. Yeah, unless, we were doing unless someone starts like sagging back, and then you're like, no, hey, get in the van, let's go. We did ten miles to start. Like we did six to ten based on the person, and then we started doing three to five mile clips. So I did ten to start off with, and I did a five five mile clips. Yeah. Um, the problem you have with the relay laces is your body starts getting relaxed and then you got to ramp back up again and like oh, yeah. it's relaxed and you yeah. got to ramp back up so i was like battling like cramping yeah. uh throughout the day but yeah complete sidebar but i was asking you because it's like i, I did think about that there's some relay races that. out there that would be fun yeah so that was what we were saying that was november november the lady bird ultra december brazo spins 100 um and then january's nothing february rocky raccoon 100 um and then obviously, like yeah, we saw we have those two hundreds out there. Where's the Rocky Raccoon? Uh, Huntsville, Texas. So, um, like towards College Station, I believe. Been out there once. It's super flat. Uh, the goal right now is to do four one hundreds in eight months. And then uh, after that, March one hundred. Start going into two hundred mile prep, whatever that looks like. I'll have to hire a coach for that one. But, um, you know. I got friends, Sally McRae, Mike McKnight. I can chat, chat, you know, chat with them and see they've done it. Elite level. Why not me? I think this is a great place to end. Why not me? Why not Matt Johnson? Why not me? I'd love your take, though, because I, I know you're going to do it. And you have the hundreds, then you have the 200, which you'll do. What is that going to give you? It's already done. Like in my mind, when you, when you talk to elite level people, it's already done. What's it giving you? Yeah. Um, self-confidence and knowing truly what I'm capable of. Mm-hmm. It's allowing me to tell my future son or to, to show him or her that there are no limits, there are no boundaries. Same thing as you're gonna go out, you're gonna run that 50K, you're gonna run that 50 miler, you're gonna, you're gonna knock out 100 one day and you're gonna tell your son about it and he's gonna be able to see it and he's going to know that he's not limited and he's gonna know that you're one tough motherfucker 
And I see you getting emotional. He was sitting right here with me yesterday. It's true. <laughs> it, yeah. And you, I mean, you know, you know, you're, 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 you're proving it to yourself. You're proving it to your family and you're proving it to, you know, the future use. Cause here's the thing. I, I am, I am the one to change it all in my family. There's, we don't have no athletes. We don't have, you know, we don't, we don't have people like that. We don't, we don't come from money, nothing like that. If I can be the one to change it, if I can be the one to run, to win the marathons and to do the Ironmans and to run the hundreds and run the 200s and, and you know, see what happens. Like, you know, run the, I don't know, Mike McKnight's getting ready to eight, run 800 miles in 13 days. Like, if I can do this type of stuff, I can break the break the mold, and this could break my entire my like the the cycle of my entire family. My son sees me doing that. What's he gonna do? His son sees him doing that. What's he gonna do? His son sees him doing that. What he's gonna do? Break the mold. Be different. Change. Would you say that's the goal of anything that we ever do? Us? Yeah. People? No. People don't have that mindset. You have that. You have to find that. That's the thing, though. Break the fucking mold. So I'm going to tie this back to the very beginning of this conversation, the problem of the people that come here. Most of them have a problem with the mold that they were in prior to being here. And they're currently in what I call their own Petri dish, figuring out what is going to come out of that petri dish and for me to your point it's always been about how do i reach my potential so that the next lineage sees that the potential is great but then is better than even my potential and when you think about humanity and you think about our earth that is the point of life is if we weren't humans, every other animal, the point is the weak die and the strong survive and procreate and get better and better and adapt and adapt and adapt. And for humans, <laughs> just based on technology and certain things, we've like hindered ourselves. But a lot of people here are tapping into that point of sharpening oneself to then inspire, motivate. It's that help others yes. be limitless in yes. their thoughts and their actions yes. to then make a better world. Yeah, it's that right there. Because when, I, when I'm laying on my deathbed, whenever that is, I want to be there and I want to think in my head or be able to see I change the trajectory of my entire family. But I also inspired and changed the trajectory of thousands of other lives. I've had hundreds of messages, hundreds over the last year, year and a half, 18 months. You inspired me to go run my marathon. You inspired me to run a half. You inspired me to do this trail race. You, I did this for the first time. I won this. What happens if I put everything out there that I did and then someone else looked at me and was like, I'm gonna be like that guy and I'm gonna fucking change. And then they alter the entire, like you're altering. Their, their lineage, their your, ripple effect. That's why I have the ripple on yes, my hand. you are altering the butterfly. Yeah, like, like the ripple effect, butterfly effect. You're altering an entire family's life. If I can inspire a dad to get up, get out of his fucking chair, stop drinking beer and go for a run, changing, I'm changing a whole family's life. That's why I was put on this earth. Mic drop. Thank you so much, Matt, for coming and having this conversation with me. We wrap up the same way each and every time. My biggest goal and mission of this podcast is to connect people with my guests because I know, just like you said, with changing other people's lives and changing families' lives, that the easiest way to start that is actually to have a conversation and connect and build those relationships. So if people want to reach out to you and connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, the best way to reach me is going to be on, uh, Instagram and then the second best way to reach me is probably going to be on Instagram. 
<laughs> hit I Matt up on Instagram. Hit me up on Instagram. Uh, if we, you know, if we, if we, yeah, yeah, hit me up on Instagram. It's at Matt Johnson with two underscores. Um, you'll find me. I would love to chat. Uh, yeah, reach out. I have a challenge for you. Uh, this is new because most people say Instagram, but I want you to send Matt a video message. It's going to challenge you to get out of your comfort zone and send a video, but it's also going to build a relationship right from the start. So send him a video and say, I listened to you on the Thrive on Life podcast. Yes. I'd love to connect and we'll start that relationship there. Last question we always ask every guest is, if I were to ask you to define the word thriving, what does it mean to you? Excelling, thriving, excelling, moving forward. Um, I think that thriving means that if I set a goal today, not really even a goal, if I, if I wake up tomorrow and I did better than I did yesterday, I'm thriving. What does your shirt say? You just got to look at it. One <laughs> percent better every day. Better every day. That's <laughs> wild that I just said that and I had to remind what, what shirt I had on. Yeah, thriving. You are, if, if you are waking up tomorrow and you're better than you were yesterday, you are thriving. I love that. Simple and sweet. At the end of every episode, I kind of give my takeaway. And I think my biggest takeaway here today is, I mean, there were so many, but I think something that I value within you specifically is you did this race and then you automatically told me I'm doing this race, then I'm doing this race, and then I'm doing this, and then I'm doing this. You're so bought into your process, and I think that's something that a lot of other people need to build for their own life because people for- don't, People don't like that. That's the problem. Someone came up to me yesterday and said, you're already planning your next race? But here's the thing. People are fucking idiots because their whole life, grade one through 12, mm-hmm. go go to college, go get a job. Nobody has a fucking problem with that. Yep. But I want to plan my life and what I want to do and when I want to do it, and that's a problem. Well, you need to take a break, CJ. You're, you're, you're doing too much. Because that makes them feel bad about themselves. Exactly. So my biggest takeaway, and then this is, what, this is why we have a great relationship and why you're even here, is I value that. And it's got me thinking in my life because I'm like, oh, like I'll run this 50K at the end of the year, and then at some point I'll run the 50 miler in 2023, and then some point I'll run the 100 miler in 2025. And, when, I and what does some point turn into? Never. never. With me, it, always, it does happen. Right. But like, uh, yes. With me, it happens, but it, you're, you're sharpening my way of thinking where it's like, I don't even necessarily have to find the exact thing. I just need to do the research and be like, here's what's out there yep. so that I can at least start to project in my own mind of like, what does it look like? And that's something that I'm working towards being better at. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate you being here today. The best thing that you can do for us, if you listen to this episode, if there's somebody else out there that needs to hear what Matt was dropping, please share it with them. Give us that five-star rating review. Can't wait to talk to you guys next time. This is CJ Finley with the Thrive Online Podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.